to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, there are some verses that will give you without a shadow of a doubt that when you're talking about the mighty arm of God, you're talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the arm of God. Especially, I love it when you get into the book of Isaiah and it brings that out. Look at the next verse. Deuteronomy 9, 29 says, Yet there are thy people and thine inheritance, which thou broughtest out by thy mighty power and by thy stretched out arm. I was totally amazed that when I went in there and I wanted to know, how many times is this used? Now, over half of them I, I didn't use. But there are a lot of verses in the Bible that talks about his mighty power and his stretched out arm. As though God is reaching out. I've often wondered now, you know, there's sometimes there's people that are hurting. Have you ever reached out to try to help somebody, whether it's a phone call, a little note, just giving somebody a word of encouragement? I had several people that have done that for me just this week. I even had one guy call me on and left a message on the phone that says, I hope this encourages you. He was reaching out to encourage me because he saw a lot of the comments that people make on the YouTube that are not very encouraging, that are very sometimes nasty, where people criticize, question my motives. I don't know the Bible. I'm definitely wrong. And so they try to teach me, what the Bible says, and don't you know, I know their position better than they know their position. And you just have to sometimes just let it go. But then somebody will give you a call or send you a note. And then some people put a statement on there, God bless you, Pastor, that is such a blessing. Now I understand it. And someone will write and say, now I've trusted Christ as my Savior. Now I know I'm going to heaven when I die. This lady from down in Australia, I asked her today when I talked to her on the phone, she called me. I says, when did you understand and know for sure you have eternal life? She says, when I started listening to you on the YouTube, I started listening to your messages. So I got somebody down there that's got them a Bible study because they trusted the Lord. And there was a couple that came to church just last Sunday. They got married over the weekend, came to church the next day. But they trust the Lord because of the YouTube ministry. There's another family who called me up and says they're coming this Sunday. Man and his wife, and I think they had a couple of children that are coming down this Sunday. When you see these people and you don't know who they are, man, make over them. Make them think they have walked into a little 
room of heaven. Because there's people who say, they've never seen a place quite like ours. Every church isn't as friendly as we are. Because every church, they don't know for sure they have eternal life. Knowing you have eternal life can make a lot of people smile. You go into a Calvinist church, they're not as happy. They're not as friendly because they're not sure of their destiny. They're trying to work their way to heaven. They've got to do good things. They've got to be there. I like it when people don't have to come, but they do it because they want to. I just wish more people would want to. Very <laughs> well, we'll move right along. Look at the next scripture. He says in uh, verse one, uh, 2 of verse 11, uh, chapter 11, And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known, and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm. In other words, God says, you've seen the miracles that I did. You saw the miracle. You saw the result. You know you didn't do it. I mean, you're not the one that parted that red sea. You, you didn't do that. You're not the one that made it close up on the enemy and, and kill them all. He said, I, I did that. All that Moses could say, because I remember Charlton Heston said in there, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But another part that I like was when Yul Brenner says, His God is God. Oh, and I like that. His God is God. Ain't that good? Somebody says that a lot to him. Look down at the next verse. Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. You ever heard of a song called something about everlasting arms? Leaning on the everlasting arms. That's supposed to be a place of rest and refuge, protection, where you don't have to fear. Uh, that's under the power of God. The mighty arm of God. And whenever you see what the mighty arm of God can do, and that's where you're hidden. He has hid you in the cleft of the rock under his might. The rock is Christ. And you are protected because of Christ. The next verse, down in Job chapter 40 and verse 9 says, Hast thou an arm like God? Do you got an arm like God? No. We don't have the strength like God has. Or canst thou thunder with a voice like him? No, but you know, you can take the word of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can let people know that God is using you as an extension of his hand because you are in the hand of God. You see, in the book of Isaiah, it talks about is the arm of God so short that it cannot save, that it can't reach. So it's like God's arm is right there, almost there. And he needs like you and me to be an extension of of his hand, an extension of his arm. And God wants to use us. I've had somebody tell me one time, says, God don't need you. God doesn't need you. I said, yes, he does. How do you know? Because he said so. When he says, go ye into all the world. I don't have to do it because he don't need me. He needs you. He needs you. But he doesn't need me. Whew, man, I was always worried there for a minute. I thought I was going to have to do something. God can use all of us. Look down at the bottom of the page. That thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the son of Jacob and Joseph. Page two. Look on the back. We're just warming up. Oh, sing unto the Lord. Psalms 98 verse 1. Sing unto the Lord a new song. 
You remember I preached a sermon not long ago on if Jesus Christ did not give us eternal security, we have no song to sing. We have nothing to praise God about. Who cares if he paid for 99% of my sins? I still wouldn't have a thing to sing about. I had nothing to rejoice about or praise God about. He paid almost my whole way to go to heaven. That doesn't help me. It's kind of like that you used to use that little illustration. Now you're out there in the middle of the ocean, 1,500 miles from shore, and you can't swim. And the boat sinks. And there you are, splashing around, and you don't know how to swim. Boat's gone. You're going under. But, lo and behold, here comes somebody in a boat. They come up here and they throw you a little manual. It says, 10 easy lessons on how to swim. Is that a Savior? No. Not a Savior. Uh, Another guy comes by in his little boat. He jumps out of the boat and swims around. Says, now you do like I do long enough and hard enough and you'll make it. Is that a Savior? Not a Savior. Another guy comes by in a boat and he gets you out of the water, puts you in the boat, takes you 10 miles from shore and dumps you out. Is that a Savior? Now, I want somebody who can take me and put in his boat, take me all the way to land and deliver me completely. Almost saving me doesn't help me. Christ paid for my, all my sins. And all I had to do was trust him. And so that's why you want to say the last part of this verse. And that's why we have victory. See that statement? He hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Because of his power, his strength. If you and I will just submit ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, I am in your hands. I told somebody the other day, I have no doubt in my mind. If you was to read the Psalms, you had a guy like Saul, the king of Israel. And along comes this young fella named David. And David could sing, play the harp, the harmonica, no, no, the harp. And the Bible says, and he behaved himself wisely. Then he behaved himself very wisely and more wisely. In other words, he matured in wisdom. And you could say, you know, God got his hand on that kid. I can tell you this without any reservation whatsoever. I believe God has got his hands on a guy named Jesse Martinez. I've watched him. I believe God has laid his hand. And if if he'll stay in God's hands, I believe God's going to use him in a great and mighty way. No doubt in my mind. But he's got to stay in his hands. He's got to remember the power comes from the arm of God, not ours. The wisdom comes from God, not ours. And I believe there's great things. I just wish I had a hundred of them like that. Look at the next statement. With a strong hand, with a stretched out arm, and his mercy endureth once in a while, forever. The next verse, Isaiah 40, verse 10. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. And so there is a day coming when the Lord himself is coming back, and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. And he says in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, his reward is with him. And he's coming. And even the last chapter of the book of Revelation. The next verse. Isaiah 40 and verse 11. 
He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm. In other words, talking about there's times when God seems like he's on fire and ferocious and has a God of wrath. But also remember, he is a tender, loving, compassionate God. And he knows how to take care of the little lambs and to be gentle with us. Sometimes you don't need somebody to beat you over the head every time you come to church. I do it once in a while. But I don't beat you forever. I'll let you off a little bit, and I'll be nice and sweet and kind, right? And then when you're least expecting it, boom! And then I'll be nice and sweet and so But if you just hit him and hit him and hit him, you're going to die. But if I get too sweet, you just become, you know, milk toast. You just become an old chocolate eclair. Chocolate eclairs. Now, where did that come from? When we get to heaven, they're going to be served at the, you know, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to have some of those. Look at the next statement. Isaiah 51 and verse 5 says, My righteousness is near. Now, we know we read this in the book of uh, Romans in chapter uh, 3, talking about the righteousness of the Lord is revealed, talking about Christ himself. My righteousness, my salvation is gone for them, and mine arm shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and my arm, Jesus, I put that in there, shall they trust. In the next verse, Isaiah 52 and verse 10, The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. You see, this is right before Isaiah 53. Where in Isaiah, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow before him as a tender plant. Remember that in Isaiah chapter 53? I believe that's talking about Christ. I believe he is that arm, the power of God that fulfilled the will of his father and came into this world. And so he says, who hath believed our report? And Isaiah 53, verse 1. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? You see, if you want to be used by the Lord, let Jesus have control of your life. Just be in his hands and the power is his. And you'd be surprised. You see, when you're in his arm and the power's the arm and you're in his hand, it's not up to your strength that gets it done. You've got the power of God behind you so that you can trust in what he's going to do and believe he's going to do great things. I don't have to try to manipulate the will of God. I don't have to try to make God do something. God is not somebody that I'm trying to use. I want to be somebody God uses. Not me use him, him use me. When you understand that, then you can easily float through life and enjoy life. But if you think it all depends on your power and your wisdom, you might as well hang it up. You'll get so frustrated, you won't have the strength to carry on. And you'll be so down and discouraged and filled with despair. Look at the next statement. Jeremiah 27, 5. I have made the earth... The man and the beast that are upon the ground. Get this. By my great power and my 
outstretched arm, and he giveth it unto whom it seemeth meet for thee. In other words, there's power that God wants to give to his children. He wants to see, remember there's a verse that talks about the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking someone that he can show himself strong on their behalf. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf. In other words, he wants to show his strength through you. He wants you. And wouldn't it be a shame for you to limit God? To resist the will of the Holy Spirit in your life? And you never see what God wants to accomplish? And then you get to live your whole life and you find out when you get to heaven, man, you really blew it. You were so afraid. So afraid to step out on the limb. Do you know every time we do something around here, we're stepping out on a limb? That's where the fruit is. We stepped out on a limb just to have a missionary conference. Before we would have money for doing the things that we wanted, we stepped out and we take on missionaries. And we told them what we're going to do. And we're going to pay their flights in here. We're going to put them at a nice restaurant, give them some good food to eat, plan all the meals and everything else. And then I know it's easier Get all the money you want first, and then you do that. But you got to sometimes commit yourself, and then you wonder how God's going to do it. But God delights in that, that you should trust him. Otherwise, you'll worry yourself sick. We would never have a ladies' tea if somebody didn't believe some ladies are going to show up. Or that the food was going to be good. Everything worked, and who would ever have thought the guys in the church here would enjoy going to a ladies' tea. One of the thrills that I've had here at this church is serving the ladies. I didn't know it was going to be so much fun. I don't do stuff like that. But it hasn't killed me. But I've enjoyed it. But you see, you've got to plan because you believe God's going to come through. God's going to do something. Or you can play safe and never do anything. How in the world could we have ever raised up the money we needed to stay on the air, on the radio? Do you realize it cost us, it was over a hundred and something thousand dollars a year that's got to come in, mainly from outside of the church. And in 10 years, that's over a million dollars. That's been over a 1.2 and a half million. Isn't that awesome? We're a little church. We're a little church. But we got a big heart. And I enjoy watching and see how God's going to do something. You know the sermon I preached Sunday morning on 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10? Louis put it up on the website yesterday. Today it has around 1,400 views. 1,400 in a day. I'm not lying. Are all the comments good? Most of them. But it doesn't matter. Somebody came on and told me about one of the other sermons that I had about the rapture. It says, Yankee's good on everything but the rapture. He just, just doesn't get it. He not, it's going to be pre-wrath. It's going to be in the middle of the tribulation period. He just doesn't understand that. So I just felt led of the Lord to respond. And I said, just because you don't agree with me doesn't mean that I'm wrong. I says, I studied your position 40 years ago and rejected it. It's not like I don't know what. I said, I know your position better than you know it. And I do. 
because I got to understand the truth in order to know that's wrong. So anyway, I have fun. I haven't heard back from him yet, but probably will pretty soon. Look down to the next statement. When he has here in John chapter 12, verse 38, just look at that. John chapter 12, verse 38 says, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, that been revealed. That's a quote, see, from the Old Testament, from the scripture we read just a while ago. And here it is talking definitely about Jesus Christ. No doubt in my mind. And the next verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 This one is a great verse. This is a a missionary verse. But we will not boast of things without our measure. But according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. You see, he had even talked about going into Spain. He wanted to go to Rome. He was going to go into Asia and into Macedonia. Paul wanted to reach out. And so when he had persecution in the church in Jerusalem, they went everywhere preaching the word. In other words, preaching the word was for the purpose of reaching people. When they go souling on Friday nights and they have people trust Christ as Savior, that's God reaching out through these individuals that go. You think God is glad they're going because they are an extension of the will of God, an extension of God's power, extension of God's hand. And God is able to use them to reach somebody. God wants them to be reached. Ranch is a way of reaching out. Awana is a way of reaching out. All the ministry you have, whether it's the YouTube and the radio and all, it's a way of reaching out. It's an extension. It's the arms of the church. You ever heard of the armed of the church. It's what you're reaching out with. See, you cut off all of our arms and we couldn't get too much accomplished. We need somebody, an arm over here. We need this arm over here. And we need that. All the ministers that we have are, and now through the missionaries and so on, those are arms that we're reaching people with. And I believe it's the will of God. Look at the last verse. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, whatever we have done, whatever we have accomplished, what's ever been done for the Lord is done. Now what? Keep reaching forth. Keep reaching forth. There must be something to be reached. It's not that I can just reach maturity, which I yes, I should reach maturity. And I should attain that for which I have been apprehended. Why did God apprehend me? So that I could apprehend somebody else. And I want to accomplish that. But Paul says, I have not yet apprehended everything I was apprehended for. And I want to reach more and reach more and reach more. And that is the purpose of our ministry. We're always reaching forth, reaching out. So in your own mind, sometimes you'll have opportunities more on certain days than others. Somebody came out here the other day and wanted to look at the bus. And he says, uh, give me $2,000 for it. I said, well, you got to talk to Louie. He didn't know I was going to pay him 2000 to take it, but I didn't, I didn't tell him that. I said, I, uh, 
want to ask you a question. <laughs> you won't have a clue what kind of a question I was going to ask him. I wanted to know the most important thing in all of his life. What kind of work do you do? <laughs> no. Where are you going to go when you die? When they can't tell you exactly where they're going to die, boom. I always take it. You hesitate. You're not sure. Because if you knew, you would, boom, you'd be right there. So since you hesitate, I take it, you're not sure. He says, no, I guess I'm not. <laughs> so I explained the gospel to him. He trusts the Lord. It's so nice and easy. And then somebody brought, uh, Stephanie, she brought two of them into the office. And I think Jesse had already got the one guy. And so I was talking to this, the younger kid. And uh, it wasn't long before he, I love it when God brings them in. I don't have to go nowhere to get anybody that can come here. But always remember, you are an extension. God wants to reach that person. God wants to reach that person. And you might be the one he wants to reach them through. And it's like God's arm. Is it too short that he can? Not if you're an extension of it. You can reach him for him. Don't you want to be used by God? Don't you want God to use you to be a blessing? I just want God to use me. Whatever way possible. Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God loves us, but he hates our sin, but we've all sinned. And the wages of sin is death, so that means that we all have to be eternally separated from God in a literal fire burning hell. Be separated from God forever. But God loves us. See, God wants us to go to heaven. He wants us to be with him because heaven is a perfect place, but we're not perfect. We have sin. We have a debt. So we cannot pay for our sins except by dying and being separated from God. So God says he's going to do something for us that we could not do for ourselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He is God in the flesh, the Son of God. He came into this world. He had no sin, lived a perfect life, didn't have to die. So he could become our substitute. He could take my place, take your place. So Jesus Christ, who loves us and hates our sin because it separates us from him, he took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said that the only thing we have to do to go to heaven is if we'll believe that he did it for us. When you believe he did it for you, he puts that payment to your account, you've got a payment for your sins. Remember this, Jesus Christ was the payment. So when you accept Christ as your Savior, he is my payment for my sins. He is the satisfaction so therefore, I can go to heaven because I have a payment for my sins. And I've said this before. I, I think the, the scars in his hands, uh, that's the proof of receipt. It's paid. And he said, I'll never leave you. Never. So I got my receipt for all eternity. I can never be accused. My debt's paid in full. He didn't pay for most of my sins. Paid for all of them. And come back from the dead. And I trusted him as my savior. And I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Let's pray, shall we? Heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. And if you're watching by internet, just remember this right where you are. You don't have to join this church to go to heaven. You don't have to give any, do any good deeds, make any promises or stop something. All you have to be is honest. I'm a sinner. Friend, Christ came to save sinners. And we're all sinners. So if you're a sinner, you're not perfect, you qualify. He paid for your sins and he'll save you right now and give you eternal life. 
And the only thing you have to do is believe that he did it for you. And you trust him to take you to heaven when you die. And you can know right now you have eternal life. He says, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Will you trust him right now? It's the best decision you could ever make. And I pray that you will. Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for this time together. Bless each one here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.